All right. Heavenly Father, I, I pray at this time that your word would be louder than my own. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, title of the class is Last Week of Three uh, is Let Down and Hanging Around, um, which is a reference to a song and then moved right into um, looking at a couple of episodes from the TV show Frasier. Uh, kind of a brief recap, uh, looked at two episodes uh, one from the end of the fifth season and then one from, from the sixth season and then one today from the sixth season. So it's all kind of the same point in the show. Um, that said, still kind of with themes that kind of run through all 10 or 11 seasons. Always kind of lose track of how many seasons. I believe it's 11. Uh, and and kind of what, what we're looking at here is uh, the ordinariness of, of everyday life. And so when I talk about being let down, we're not really talking about tragedy. Uh, we're not talking about uh, severe, intense heartache or heartbreak. It's just kind of a day-to-day um, drudgery where um, where people kind of where we not just people but we have to deal with the fact that things have not turned out the way we wanted them to, uh, and that may be uh, pretty severe. I mean, the person who wanted it um, or came close to having a, a career maybe with some fame and notoriety. Think of the football player who ta- tears his ACL and then is pumping gas you know, three years later. Uh, or, um, or, or something that where you have a pretty good life but maybe it's not what you intended and, and how, to, how to reconcile that. Uh, and, and where does the gospel come into that? And so um, there was a good line in the episode we looked at last week where Niles, Frazier's brother, is going through a nasty divorce and his um, and as, as successful and wealthy as Niles is in his own right, his wife that he had married was uh, far more wealthy and powerful than he was. And so in the process of the divorce, had managed to, to, to kind of put the financial screws to him. And so he had to move out of the apartment he'd moved into when they, when they separated and had to rent a, um, a very small studio apartment at kind of this um, place for wa- washed-up bachelors. Um, and um, he had one of those beds that falls out of the wall and, and you know, had not been redecorated since, since the 60s. And uh, he wasn't dealing with it very well. And as he's kind of coming to terms with it, he says to his brother, how am I ever going to live here? And, and I think that's kind of a question that, that we could find ourselves asking. Not, not specifically how am I going to live here, but how am I going to deal with, you know, whatever. Uh, when it's something that you have to deal with on at least a semi-permanent basis, you know that maybe it's going to last for several months. Maybe it's much more long-term than that. And there's something that you had not planned on dealing with that all of a sudden has entered the picture. And so you're asking yourself that question, you know, how is, how is this going to work out? Uh, and we looked at, um, looked at 2 Corinthians, and I'll, I'll pull up the, the scripture in, in its entirety here in a minute. But 2 Corinthians 4, where, where Paul kind of gives this litany of, of conditions he finds himself in, um, but says, you know, despite this, you know, so you know, we, we're, we're oppressed but not, um, not abandoned, you know, and goes on down the line. Real famous passage. And, and looks at that. And the, the, um, you know, the conclusion, uh, and I referenced one commentator who said that what you can kind of see here in the pressures of everyday life is that uh, the knowledge of Christ, um, the relationship with Jesus, is our spaciousness, which is a word you don't, um, you don't actually hear a whole lot in the Scripture, but you, it kind of draws it out of the Scripture. Uh, and so Christ becomes, uh, by, by 
know, on a spiritual level, the, the openness and freedom that we have in Christ uh, allows us to, to kind of circumvent these problems a little bit. Uh, they, they don't go away, but this becomes one pretty helpful way of, of managing, managing them, the, the knowledge of, of who God is uh, in, in Jesus. And so uh, with that kind of as a background, um, the first, th- this episode today is much more Frazier-centric. The, the previous two, um, the, first, the first week, did anybody hear the first week? Besides where Ron was, okay. Uh, the, the media was not quite working, which is mostly my fault. So I had to actually read the dialogue uh, off a uh, Frazier fan site that has the script of every episode. Um, this is a real thing, by the way. Um, so if you're, if you're really into it, you can look this up. Yeah, um, shows available on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and three hours of reruns every morning on Lifetime. So uh, that, that's true too. Um, but um, and they're often on sale at Barnes and Noble if you want the hard copy. So I've seen that. Um, but the first week was kind of a, all the, the five main characters of the group kind of running down the list of everything that was wrong with their lives. Uh, last week was his brother. This week I want to look at Fraser himself. Um, and before looking at the clip, Lori and, I, Lori and I were talking about this last night and, and trying to kind of analyze the, the character. She was helping with the class. This is not something we just talk about. Uh, I mean, occasionally, every now and then. Um, looking at, you know, what is, what is Frazier's fatal, fatal, fatal flaw? I'll say that five times fast. What is his fatal flaw as, as a character? And, and this is really one of the more, more famous sitcom characters. I mean, this is a character that was around for... Um, was on TV in actually three different decades, in the 80s, 90s, and, uh, and then on into the, the 20th century, uh, or 21st century, 21st century? Yeah, 21st century. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, one that was, that was really well-known, Kelsey Grammer made, certainly made a name for himself uh, as his character. And you know, we kind of determined that this is a character who's very much kind of an elitist, um, you know, member, you know, attempting to be a member of the upper crust of, of the city in which he lives, and definitely believes that his education and his cultural background and cultural knowledge will, to use a theological term, justify him. That this is what is going to, on, on a personal level, give him a sense of wholeness. Uh, I, I was, in talking about this, I, I told Lori, I read an interview once with Christopher Hitchens where he was kind of asked, you know, Hitchens being a, a militant atheist, you know, what, what do you, you know, if, if, if people get rid of their religion, what's going to provide them with transcendence? I mean, what's going to give them some kind of deeper meaning? How, how are humans going to express themselves? He basically said poetry and literature. You know, not, a, not a bad answer. I mean, he could give a worse answer to that question. And um, he, he said, you know, even, you know, he said, you know, even if we dismiss the religious aspect of, of, the, the, um, of the religious texts, of the Bible and, 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 and other religious texts, you know, there, there are these pretty passages in there. Anyone want to talk about uh, a passage from Second Peter, I think, that he read at his father's funeral. That you know, the passage taken on its own terms, he thought was quite pretty. So he said, you know, that that would work. And and Fraser's kind of like that, not in the sense that he dismisses religion, but I mean, he definitely feels that this expansive knowledge of classical music and opera and literature and theater and um, his his you know his knowledge of food and wine, uh, his his very um, you know very elite uh, educational background from Harvard and Oxford. That this is this is enough. This is what's going to give him um, everything he needs in life. It's going to help him establish himself as as a member of, of all of you know the most influential and powerful people in, in Seattle where he lives. But on a personal level, it's going to be providing him with a sense of completeness. And 
you know, I, that's partly true. I mean, I think if you're, you know, didn't hit, you know, the fact that people listen to Mozart is probably a better thing than listening to, you know, I don't know, Taylor Swift. Um, not that there's anything wrong with Taylor Swift. I, I'll be so bold to say Mozart's better. You know, and so you know, there's there's something to be said for all of this, um, but but it is it, it's incomplete. You know, it's um, it isn't enough. And so there there is serious tension in the show because he and his brother both think that um, that all of that and that the relationships that are built on those connections are going to be sufficient. And and the great tension in the show is that that's not enough. Frazier needs a relationship with his father. Uh, Niles ends up leaving his um, very refined, very cultured, very eccentric wife um, in, a, in a mutual divorce. And is, he doesn't just abandon her. She's kind of crazy. And, um, and ends up falling in love with uh, Frazier's uh, housekeeper, who is you know, pop culture aficionado. Uh, their first date, I think, is to a Bananarama concert. I mean, this is, this is definitely kind of outside of his wheelhouse a little bit. Uh, Frazier's best friendship outside of his family is with his producer, um, who uh, the producer, producer of his radio show, who is very normal woman with normal interests, normal taste, you know, devout Bruce Springsteen fan, um, not someone who's going to go to the opera with him, and so um, and so all of that is demonstrated to be to be somewhat insufficient, um, and so um, it, you know it would be easy I think to get hung up on the fact that it's the it's his I hate this word but I'll just use it his kind of elitist taste. That are, that are problematic, but whoever we are, there's something that we that we tend to fall back on. Uh, you know, I immediately thought, you know, on Father's Day, there are people right now or later today who are going to celebrate Father's Day with the intensity and the fervor with which the rest of us would celebrate Easter or Christmas. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with celebrating Father's Day. Um, it's, all, it's great, you know, as a father, to, you know, to, to to be celebrated. But you know, there are people who are going to celebrate Father's Day. They're going to celebrate Mother's Day. Um, Memorial Day and Fourth of July, not on a patriotic level even, but more just on kind of a family level, and they think that is gonna, that's sufficient, uh, on you know for, for from now through the end of their lives, that that's gonna be something that can sustain them, and you know what, 75, 80, 90 percent of the time, it'll probably do a pretty good job, but it's that missing piece uh, that that's gonna that's gonna leave them on the hook, and it's gonna expose them uh, to to some sort of emptiness, some sort of letdown, to use my own phrase there. Um, and, and even reveal their own sin in terms of supplanting, um, re- trying to replace God with something else, and, in terms of saying that they can be saved and justified um, on every level that they can that they can muster by something other than uh, something other than, than Jesus. And so that that's where it becomes problematic. So, uh, and what, what's going on in this episode? This is the first episode of season six. At the end of season five. Uh, there is a dispute at the radio station with a new station owner, and Fraser goes to the owner, who is kind of um, a kind of a he's a Hispanic immigrant. They, the show doesn't say from where. Um, you know, if it were made today, they'd be much more specific. They just they wouldn't use kind of a vague um, Latin American thing. They they tell you where. Um, and Fraser goes to him. I forgot the actor's name. You'll recognize him. He was one of the drug lords in a that Harrison Ford movie, Clear and Present Danger. Um, and they're having some dispute. And Fraser goes to him and makes this kind of impassioned plea about. Um, you know, oh, you know, we're, we're just standing up for what we believe in. Haven't you always done that? And, and so on and so forth. Because says, yeah, you know, I, it's about time I stand up for what I believe in. And Frazier says, good for you. He said, yeah, I've always wanted a uh, Latin American radio station. So he fires everybody and plays salsa music all, you know, 24-7. Um, and later on into season six, obviously his ratings are terrible. Um, and so he has to switch formats and hire everybody back. But in this first episode, Frazier is dealing with um, dealing with the loss of his job. So um, 
quickly you'll see him have a disastrous interview for another job and then um, look at all the ways in which he's in denial about, um, about his condition. I'm going to kill these lights. Three crates of old machines and a cast iron battle battle away first. 
Stop it for a sec. Any any thoughts? Don't mind if I leave these lights like this. Is that okay? Okay. The brightness was. It is. The brightness was becoming problematic. Well, there's almost like a you know, he loses his job and there's almost a sense of freedom that he has. Right. Right. Constantly trying to hide from who you really are. Right. Uh, by what you do. Right. When it becomes, you know, that itself becomes so burdensome. I was, Lori and I were talking yesterday, and I'd kind of gone back and had the um, social media kind of revisited people I'd known a long time ago who were still um, doing a lot of the same stuff they were doing 10 years ago. Um, and and I, I thought, like, how long can that last? Um, you know, in terms of just well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work a, a real job. Not that not that there's necessarily something wrong with that, but you know, I'm not gonna worry about earning a whole lot of money. I'm gonna travel as much as possible, um, go to this event and that event, kind of hang out with my friends 24/7, which is, is quite fun. And, and there's some element of that that even you know, well into adulthood, I would hope to maintain. On, on the back end of that, though, I mean, you wonder like, at what point does that quit? And, and I'm starting to see people that, you know, they're they're in their 40s now, still trying to hang on to that. And you wonder at what point is is the money going to run out, or are you just going to wake up one day and say, this is too much? And and yeah, I think there's there's something something you know, and I think all these there, there are all these cultural moments that we're having right now, whether it's 
you know, and you see this all the time on social media again with, with food or interior design or, or clothing or something, and, and all of those things are good, and and even the, the the desire to maybe make those things better than they have been, that's probably a good thing on some level, um, to take them seriously and to treat them with a certain sense of reverence and to make them meaningful, but that's got a it's got a cap on it at some point, you know, um, not that the whole like back to the farm thing is as bad as, you know, living on some commune in, you know, 1972. Um, if you watched last, the last season of Mad Men, you know, one of the characters' daughters ran off to a, to a commune in upstate New York and kind of abandoned her, her, her old money life in, in the city and, you know, and, and her, yeah, and her, you know, like two-year-old son, uh, which you know, made it even worse and much more tragic. But you know, every everybody who's kind of left a, a nice job and you know, sets up at the farmers market on Saturday, not a problem in itself. But you you wonder if there are people who are doing that who are going to, again, all, that's going to box them into at some point. You know, it's not a it's not just purely a thing of a decision of you know, I feel free to do this, so let's let's just kind of switch gears a little bit. It's there's something else going on. Well, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate this, mm-hmm. but they can't escape. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, just the next five or ten years that go by, and I still I don't know how to get through this cycle. Right. And so, it, but for us who don't have that freedom, we kind of look at them with a little bit of a view. Sure. Like, like sure. Homeschooling, like a rat river guide on the Colorado River. Like, wow, I hope this goes by. This mm-hmm. But he's probably looking at someone else and saying, you know, I wish I had X, Y, and Z rather than. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it's the universality of that condition, whether you're at the farmer's market or whether you're at the corporate job. Right. There's some sense of regret and, and, and imprisonment. Right. Right. And there's one thing about the social media. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. Are we saying something wrong? I mean, is, is our theology off here? Yeah, let me switch these over. That would, yeah. I think those are the ones who are a problem. That's better. It's hard for me to keep reminding myself over and over again that what you see on social media is, you know, that's a that's a, a moment in that person's mm-hmm. life. And they're trying to say, this is my life. This is, I mean, you know, they're, you don't really, right. um, you don't see things that they've done in their life. And you can say, mm, you know, they don't mm-hmm. see my, I mean, it's right. yeah. you're, that's always going to be your, your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's a serious rabbit hole right there. And, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I do think you know, in Fraser's case, I mean, and, and this could be true. Very often, it is all of that that constant motion, the, the need to be doing something like that. There is there there's kind of a refusal to, to confront. The problem. No, that's not to say that, that those among us who live a more laid-back, chilled-out life, who aren't worried about doing a bunch of stuff. I mean, I think there's kind of a reverse, you know, a reverse sense of snobbery there as well. It's like, well, I don't, I don't need your farmers market and your organic food and your, you know, your gentrified neighborhoods and craft beer. I'm fine just how I am. Sure you are. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, I mean, it can, it absolutely works in reverse. Um, so you know, I think, I, I, you know. 
it's easy to pick on those things, which are all things I like, so I'm, I'm picking on myself, but it absolutely works the other way as well. Um, and I think about the, 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 the Father's Day you know, celebrations that, that people, incidentally, many people who, who would, would not be at church today, and I'm not talking about people who aren't here, but you know, those people are like, well, why would I go to church? It's Father's Day. <laughs> I, I never know what to say to that. Um, Unless Father's Day means you know going to see Dad you know an hour away or, or something like that, but if it's like you know down the street, like what? I don't you know, I don't know get together at noon. Um, I, I'm being very legalistic there, but um, um, law, law. but um, it's, yeah, I mean I think that you know it's you're going to replace you know you're going you're going to chase that with something. Um, so Fraser goes on and you know going through the the stages of grief. Then you know there, there's a clip here in a minute where he gets gets very angry and, and kind of starts to kind of lash out um, and then just kind of hits full-blown depression. So, um, do we want to go there? Yeah. We have to. Okay. Otherwise, I'm just kind of talking, so. All right. It's true. Anything. I would certainly know it. 
Frazier's kind of, kind of come to terms with things at that point. Um, and then Miles makes a comment that shows he's in denial about his own marital situation. Um, I'll, let, I'll let that go kind of long. So anything brief before I try to sum up? Cheer him up or shut him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you're troubling me now. Right. <laughs> this is not what I was asking for. <laughs> well, being being a sitcom, um, it it obviously stops short of, of dealing with things, which is fine. That's not its purpose. Um, but that is that is close to being for Fraser, kind of a Damascus moment almost, where everything he has is stripped away from him. You know, Philippians when Paul talks about counting things as lost. So often we frame that as giving things up 
instead of looking at what's been taken away from us and, and replaced, by, uh, replaced by the gospel, the person of Jesus and, and his death and resurrection. And um, if that's ever us, in, in terms of Fraser on a small scale, um, and it's just kind of that day-to-day, I said this in the first week, you know, staring at the computer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, lunch is kind of sitting heavy, you want to take a nap, and you're not going anywhere for another two or three hours, uh, and it's either blazing hot outside or it's really beautiful outside, and you just don't want to be where you are, and you're stuck. And whether it's that or it's the more serious, you know, in that case, you've lost a job, you've lost a little bit of your reputation, um, and it is something that maybe even you need to grieve over in a more significant way. The gospel is, is, is really right there at that point. Um, for, for forgiveness, for overvaluing your job, for not valuing Christ enough, but, for, but also in terms of restoration, for, for, you know, for reminding you that, um, that in Christ there is that fullness, there is that spaciousness, and there is a completeness that, um, that the job, that the living situation, that the roommate, that, um, that even the family, the kids, the spouse, the dogs, whatever, um, certainly not the cat, that those things, you know, that they that they that they're not going to fulfill, and um, and so there again, there's you know there is an element of, of knowing you know Fraser's on the hook there a little bit for for overvaluing things and then be, you know if we're going to give a full kind of Christian perspective. I mean, there's a need for repentance, um, but very quickly also there's a a uh, or, you know or, um, a point of restoration where he is that he realizes in Christ he is a complete person uh, because that's ultimately the fulfillment. Um, and then from there, there is this all kinds of freedom to pursue that job, to be a great chef and enjoy opera and design your own furniture or whatever. I mean, all that stuff is great. Um, but independent of that, there, it's just a, a circle that, that, doesn't, that doesn't really ever go anywhere. And, and in fact, that, that's, that's what happens with the show. I mean, it, it's kind of a constant um, process like, oh, this is, this is the date. This is the thing. I, and there and even even there is a, a miniature gospel picture of, of, his, of his brother Niles, who was even really more neurotic and um, and tightly wound than Fraser, uh, who eventually finds in in his relationship with Daphne, uh, when they eventually fall in love and get married, his character actually kind of levels off a little bit. Unfortunately, it kind of takes some of the, the fun out of the show, as as typically happens, and as sitcoms last for, for for nine, ten, eleven years. But he becomes a little bit more of a stable character um, and a more much. Uh, a more um, kind of straight man to Frazier, uh, as as because he as the recipient of unconditional love, human love, ultimately not not heavenly love, but um, as a recipient of that, he he's far less needy, far more complete, and so there's a little little picture of of the gospel there, uh, and the show in fact ends on its final season. Uh, Laura Linney in a really great role is is Frazier's girlfriend for several episodes and. The show ends with him getting a job in San Francisco, but flying to Chicago to pursue her. And you never know how it, you know, we never find out what happens. Um, but and that's a picture where he he thinks where there is a more complete sense there for for him as well. Um, and so, um, while not perfect, and I'm gonna I'm gonna close off three weeks here, but while while not perfect, it is it is a little bit of an image of, of how. Uh, we do find ourselves uh, boxed in by circumstance, by our own behavior, but um, in, in, in Christ, through the gospel, we have, we have perfect forgiveness, but we also have, um, uh, a, we have this, this spaciousness, and, and not in some kind of you know, Buddhist, otherworldly sense, but in a real present sense that God is with us, that in his suffering on the cross, 
Um, he bore not just our sins, but also our boredoms and our disappointments on a Tuesday afternoon. And that those are, are um, that slate's wiped clean. And so, um, for that, we can be thankful. Any thoughts? I hear voices outside, so. Um, Is there any yeah. Seasons you I do think four through four through seven. Now seven ends on a major, major cliffhanger, so you want to follow through that. I, mean, I, th- I really do think they're all pretty entertaining, but I think that's true of like of most, you know, most sitcoms. First couple of seasons are kind of kind of rocky. Um, Frasier and Friends to me follow the same trajectory. The first couple of seasons, while funny, the characters are finding themselves, and it's also the early to mid '90s, and so it's just kind of a weird little spot culturally. Um, but by the episodes '95, '96-ish, um, which is season four for for um, for Frasier, I think it really hit. It's kind of really on a roll. I think six is good, um, and there's a lot of tension towards the end of six, and then all through seven with Niles and Daphne, that kind of takes over. But it's really it, it's really solid, um, you know. I, I, again, towards the end, they're kind of having to invent a few things, um, similar to what Friends did. Um, I mean, the shows are on air almost the exact same length of time. Um, as I mentioned last week, Frasier gets an extra season because Friends had to leave one out while Matthew Perry was in rehab. So, um, uh, although Kelsey Grammer had his stay in rehab too, so um, they managed to fight through it pretty well. But yeah, just that that middle. That middle part, I think probably four through seven, are pretty good. Um, and most of those, um, most of them, you can kind of pick an episode and just kind of have fun with it. It's you know, it streams on Netflix and Amazon Prime, um, so it's it's kind of kind of easy to get into. Anything else? Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it.